them Life with a nigga get comfy I'm from the six where bitches keep sticks Then you get selfies Lovely I hear him coming to the case He's just trying to smoke I'm trying to light up his Lights, camera, action Welcome back to Voices from the Staircase We got a very good episode for you guys man very informal episode for you guys today we're about to we're gonna switch it up you know what i'm saying but before we get into everything comment like and subscribe make sure tell a friend to tell a friend don't be selfish you know what i'm saying support and uh support the best in the business yes sir all right money where we at today with it man where's our where's your load bro we're in the bullpen <laughs> I, had the to make, I had to make a, i had to make a call yeah in the bullpen oh man to one of the best in the business in Toronto, and I'm trying. And I'm outside trying to look for a, a shirty for for you, man. I'm trying to. I'm trying to get you out. I'm trying to help right now, man. We're scrambling. We're getting. We're getting money together. You know what I'm saying, bro? You know. You know how much I love you, man. I put up my house for you, bro. I appreciate that, man. You know that, man. And I'll I put love up for the, collateral. I love this man sitting next to me right now. One mm-hmm. of the best in the business. Facts. We got an amazing name brand. Amazing person here today, Richard Posner. Time, yo. You know how good of a lawyer he is. When you're in the bullpen at court, you'll not see his name written on the wall. Because, you know, in the bullpens, if your name's written on the wall, they say you're a trash lawyer. Mm. Don't let this guy represent you. Mm. This guy got me this much time. Yeah. This guy's name, you'll never find his name in any walls of any courthouses in Toronto, I'll tell you that much. Or even Ontario, right? You represent a lot of people around. I do. Canada or Ontario? Uh, you know, mainly Ontario, but uh, I will go outside of the province on occasion. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. I will. If the money's right. Money's a factor. <laughs> you know, it's, it's not determinative. Right? Yeah. You know. So I, I, got a, I got a question for you, right? So if I, this is, this is, this is just, just a hypothetical question, right? Mm-hmm. If I were to go steal a, 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 a gas tanker and run away with it and sell gas to, to people for the low, yeah. well, first of all, would you represent me? Second of all, how much time will I get? All right, let's talk about the size of this tank. <laughs> what, the one, what are we talking about? The ones that refuel gas stations. Okay, so we're talking about a substantial amount of gasoline. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Um, so I don't know, man. I mean, you'd be looking at if if you were convicted of, of the theft of yeah. that amount of gas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think of jail sentence probably. Yeah, but like how much time am I looking? Because these gas prices are ridiculous I, if you ask you know, me. I haven't done a gas theft case, you know, in my career, <laughs> I don't think. Um, it's about to go to two dollars and fifteen cents. This is ridiculous. I think I'm about to get my M1 license. I'm about to start driving a motorcycle. How much gas is in one of those? Let's just like think about it. how many how many tanks could you could you fill of let's For, say a Honda Civic? A Honda Civic, maybe like a th- like maybe like three four thousand. So man, I think you'd be looking at probably you know probably an upper reformatory type of sentence. Like you could even be looking at a penitentiary sentence if you're convicted of that. Damn, you could. I mean, because it's probably quite a lot of money. Right? <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to cash out, man. Yeah. Gas, gas prices are crazy right now, man. But am I, you know, the way I approach cases is, you know, I'm not really thinking about, as, if I can avoid it, my client getting convicted and, and sentenced. It's all about finding a way of, of keeping my client without being convicted and without going to jail. So that's, that's, that's the way I think, you know. Jail is, you know, an absolute last resort and guilty pleas. For me, anyways, and certainly my office, it's the last resort. <laughs> I had to go to law school to plead people guilty, right? That's yeah. not why I became a lawyer. This is the type of lawyer you guys need representing you, you know? Growing up, I had a, I had a lawyer one time. I got in a little school fight. 
just a little like you know two two young kids fighting the man tried telling my we're on legal aid he tried telling my family give us give me legal aid and on top of that give me five thousand dollars and i'm gonna get him six months in jail wow for a little high school fight right wow that's how he, that's how he came at us right away so this is the type of lawyer you, and the type of mentality you need in a I'm lawyer telling you, you know? richard will, will, he'll come in there with you <laughs> before he lets you get in there yeah, I mean, well, just on the legal aid point, like if you if if you cannot afford a lawyer, you know, you go to you go to in Ontario, you go to the Ontario Legal Aid Plan, mm-hmm. and there are actually some very good lawyers um, who who accept legal aid, but a lawyer who accepts legal aid cannot take money to go with that because yeah. that that is just you know that is not that is not kosher as mm-hmm. they say, mm-hmm. and you got to be very careful about about a lawyer who. Is is not is not obeying basic principles of of the legal aid plan, yeah. right? It, you wouldn't want to you wouldn't want to put your faith and confidence in a lawyer like that. Yeah. But I mean, a lot of people would you know out there say, oh, you know, he's got a legal aid lawyer. You know, mm-hmm. you know, I shouldn't you know, shouldn't have a legal. There are some really really fantastic lawyers out there yeah. who do legal aid uh, cases, yeah. and uh, so I just don't I don't I don't believe that that you know there are two classes of lawyers. You know, there's the the good lawyers. And then there's the ones who do legally. That's absolute, absolute nonsense. Yeah. Well, Don't buy that. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, um, Richard, you'd be surprised how much lawyers that that do legal aid take cash on the side. Yeah, under the table. I, I, I probably wouldn't be surprised because oh, yeah, I, I hear it happening quite frequently. Yeah. Um, you know, probably because, unfortunately, you know, legal aid Ontario does not have the kind of resources that it should. Yeah. Um, and lawyers have expenses, and mm. they've got you know a lot of financial obligations, mm. and uh, you know they I think they, they use that as a, an excuse to mm. to get around the the rules and regulations. But you know unfortunately, if if you're doing that, you just shouldn't be you just shouldn't be uh, working under the legal aid regime. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. you know what it is? They see the fearfulness of like the mothers or grandmothers yeah. with their ch- young child, you know, and then they try using that fear they have of the consequences to a sense of like currency you know they'd be like oh yeah you're that scared right so you don't want them to go to jail right so just you know just give me an extra amount of money and it's it's not right but it happens yeah it's 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 unfortunately obviously fairly prolific we see it happen uh, that just doesn't make it right though right mm-hmm. so um, that's just the way it goes yeah. all right um let's just pivot on to that you want to give a quick introduction uh, introduction about yourself? yourself sure yeah. yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, I've been I've been a practicing you, criminal lawyer. Yeah, your name, my Richard. Name, oh, my name is Richard Posner. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm the uh, I'm the managing partner of a law firm in Toronto called uh, Posner, Craig and Stein. We're actually a fairly new firm. Um, I was prior to prior to forming that that law firm, I was the managing partner of a of a fairly well known firm called Lockyer, Campbell and Posner. Right. We were, a, as far as criminal law firms go, a fairly substantially sized outfit, probably around like 12, 13 lawyers, depending on the time. And, uh, you know, I've been, I've been practicing criminal law pretty well exclusively uh, for the past almost 27 years, I would say, wow. 26, 27 years. You know, I've been in the trenches and I've defended cases of all shapes and sizes. Um, I've done many many homicide cases first degree murders manslaughter second degree murders a tremendous number of of drug cases firearms cases 
I've also done a lot of tax evasion, white collar crime cases, securities fraud cases. Wow. And fairly recently, I've actually um, gotten more involved in the defense of, of, of healthcare professionals, so doctors and dentists and other people who, who are in the, in the world of, of, of healthcare who find themselves you know, charged with professional misconduct, um, that kind of stuff, or doctors who lose their privileges, for example, at hospitals because of whatever reason. Mm -hmm. It depends on the circumstances. And so, you know, I've been, I've been battling the, the authorities, the Crown mm. and the police, for I'm getting close to three decades now. Wow. And uh, it, it's, 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 a, it's an astonishing way of life <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For, for a lot of people. Uh, yeah. But for me, it, it is, uh, it's, it's a labor of love. It's incredibly rewarding, yeah. though it is. It is inordinately stressful. That, yeah. That's the truth. I can imagine, man. I mean, you carry the weight mm. of, of, of your client's potential incarceration on your shoulders. Yeah. It, it leads to sleepless nights, a lot yeah. of anxiety, a lot of worries. Yeah. But as I say, it, it, is, it is also extremely rewarding. Yeah. I feel really good about what I do. Yeah. Um, but it's tough. It's tough. I can imagine, tough. man. Yeah, it is. So um, is there any cases that you want to represent? That I wouldn't represent. Yeah, because yeah, I think you're asking, like, would you represent me? Yeah, it's a, a, a joke, ladies yeah, and gentlemen. Yeah, no. You know, and, and and you know the you know the answer the answer is I, I, there's really there's no charge, mm -hmm. or there's no case that I would say. Well, I would not represent you know someone charged with that crime. No, I think I might have an idea for you. Well, hold on, <laughs> you know, I, I, because you know there is this thing mm -hmm. called the presumption of innocence, mm -hmm. and I happen to believe in it. Yeah. Right. And so it doesn't really matter what you're charged with. Yeah. You are presumed to be innocent, right? Mm -hmm. and, it, and, and if you believe in the presumption of innocence, mm -hmm. you can't really say, well, I don't, I, you know, I don't believe in the presumption of innocence when it comes to sexual assault cases, for mm -hmm. example. Mm -hmm. I mean, every person who is charged with an offense starts out with a clean slate. Yeah. Okay. And, and if you don't accept that, mm -hmm. then you shouldn't be a criminal lawyer, mm -hmm. right? And so... You know that's where I stand on that issue. You know, there are certain times where you know a client will 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 try and hire you, be, and because let's say maybe there's a personality issue there, it, you don't think that it, you, the two of you are gonna are gonna mesh well, yeah. and you know you refer that client yeah. elsewhere. Yeah. But because a client's charged with you know theft of an oil tanker or <laughs> you know, sexual assault or so, in circumstances that are like really horrible mm -hmm. i'm not going to turn that client away again because i believe in the presumption of innocence and 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 that applies to absolutely everyone who comes into the crosshairs of the criminal justice system yeah. right mm -hmm. that's it has there ever been a time where you let go of a client for your own reasons like midway through the case Midway through a case, like yeah. during a trial, I, not even during a trial, no. like some any time where you said yeah. this is not working for me and you. Yeah, I'm, I mean, it, you know, it can happen where yeah. you know you 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 reach an impasse, yeah. you know, and, and the the client, you know, is insisting on proceeding down a certain path mm. that is, let's say, self destructive. Yeah. Right. Um, and you can lead a horse to water, you can't make him drink, and mm. at some point, and it's a rare thing. Yeah. You know that you just have the feeling as the lawyer that that this is a self-destructive path mm -hmm. to the point where you really can't carry on with that client 
because it's just it's just wrong, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's pretty rare. Yeah. You know, and I, and I have to tell you, like for the most part, no matter again, no matter what my clients charge with, you know, I I tend to have a, you know. It's not a friendship that you have with a client, but there is a personal connection that you feel with 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 the individual, and uh, you get to know that person, and they're just, just regular people, mm-hmm. and you want to help that person, yeah. and in those circumstances, you're not you're not generally looking for a problem, yeah. and you work things out, man. You work things out. That's how that's my approach with clients. It's not always easy. Yeah. But you got to work things out. Yeah. <coughs> okay, so... Makes sense? Yeah, it makes, yeah, it makes a, a lot of sense. Yeah. 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 You, yeah. you worded it really well. All right, Richard. This is, this is a big question we have here. What's up with snitching? Does it take away from a case or does it, does it benefit the case? Yeah. You know? So it's a, it's a really tough question, right? Because, mm-hmm. you know, I think that, that people who are charged with, with criminal offenses, you know, a lot of them know about other guys that are committing criminal offenses and police will often you know use the opportunity of that person's arrest to get information about somebody else right Mm -hmm. that's what police do that's that's part of their their job and the fact of the matter is that if if you let's use the phrase rat out Mm -hmm. or snitch on someone there's a pretty good chance you know for better or for worse that you know you're gonna get a good outcome you know, potentially, right? You're going to get a better deal. They might withdraw your your charges. They might, you know, give you a nice a nicer sentence. But the reality is, I think we know that there's lots of cases where, you know, individuals have given statements against others. They've snitched, and they have, as a result of that, when they're out in the community, they face they face violence. They can be they can be shot. They can get you know beaten. They can be killed, um, and and so consequently, while it might be good for your case, uh, practically speaking, it may not be very good for your health. Um, and that's just a sad. That's just a sad reality. Yeah, it is, it that's is. a sad reality. Mm-hmm. Now, there's also the 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 lesser known world mm-hmm. of of CIs, right? Yeah. Because you're asking about mm-hmm. snitches. So yeah. snitches are CIs, confidential informants, right? And these are people. You know whose identities don't get disclosed, mm. right? During the criminal process, and confidential informants, they'll provide information to the police on a confidential basis, and it's usually in exchange for something. Sometimes it's in exchange for a withdrawal of their charges. Sometimes it's in exchange for bail. Mm. Sometimes it's in exchange for money. The police will actually pay a confidential informant for their information, mm. and when they get that information, they will the police. They will then use that information often to get search warrants, right? They'll get search warrants. They might get wiretap authorizations. And the reality is that CIs or confidential informants are a really important part of the criminal justice system. It's not like I'm saying that I love them or anything, because mm-hmm. I don't love yeah. them. <laughs> they, make, they make the lives of my clients absolutely miserable. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, the reality is that the police obviously solve a lot of crimes with confidential informants, right? Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of them out there, and uh, as a result of them, they you know they they are solving they are solving a lot helping the police solve a lot of crimes, for better or for worse. That's just the reality yeah. of the of the criminal justice system. So has everybody like the, I believe that there's another side of that where like there's people who do snitch on their co-accusers, yeah. but also get the exact same amount of time as them. Oh, there's no question yeah, about that. Happened. You mm. know, like and, and in fact, I would say 
you know, like we call it cutthroat defenses, right? Where a couple of guys or three guys are charged together mm -hmm. and they're each one's blaming the other. 99% of the time, not, not 100%, 99% of the time, they're all going down, yeah. right? Yeah. And the Crown's just sitting back there, the prosecution is sitting back, just loving every second of it, yeah. right? They're just loving it. So, you know, quote unquote, ratting out your co-accused um, isn't necessarily the best trial strategy. Yeah. It's not gonna. It's not gonna necessarily get you very far. Though, in all fairness, I have seen it happen where, you know, a ratting out of the co-accused has led to acquittal. So, you know, in, in the criminal justice, you can't really make universal statements because mm -hmm. there's always going to be exceptions. It's Absolutely. a human. It's a human process, and it can be unpredictable at times. Right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Growing up, we used to. Growing up, we used to hear through the grapevines. I don't know if this is true or not, but we heard that some lawyers, some crowns, and some judges could actually be friends, like behind the courtroom or whatever. However, you want to take it, but they're friends in real life, mm -hmm. and they sometimes cut deals for each other. Like, oh, if you give me less time on this case, that next this this next client I have, I'll you know I'll give it to you. Or you give them whatever time you want. Like they give cases, they trade it like in exchange. Is, is there any truth or to that? Or have you ever heard that before? Yeah, I've heard it before. Um, you know, and you know, if and when it happens, like that is beyond disgusting, right? Mm -hmm. let's, let's say like that is that totally undermines every you know bit of decency in the criminal mm -hmm. justice system and, mm -hmm. and we need a decent criminal justice system right we have Absolutely. to have that um, but I, I have seen a couple I've, I've seen a couple cases uh, there's there's a, a, a case I'm aware of uh, where uh, the crown attorney in the case mm -hmm. may, may have just may have and I don't know allegedly not, yeah mm -hmm. had a, a, a special relationship with, with a crown attorney Special, if you know what I mean, <laughs> and that and that is a that is a problem. Now, in, in all, you know, my wife is a crown attorney. Mm -hmm. I, I, you know, mm -hmm. that, that is a reality. But of course, we would never do cases mm -hmm. against one another. Yeah. And you know, uh, if if one of one of my firm's cases ended up on her desk, she could never and would never yeah. even dream of taking on that case. She could have nothing to do with it, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. And and you know, lawyers are expected. To conduct themselves above board and and to and to be decent yeah. and and have some respect for for the basic rules of play, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. I mean, criminal lawyers, defense lawyers, we are highly adversarial. Yeah. If we're good, mm -hmm. we fight like hell, yeah. tooth and nail. Yeah. We push the envelope within the limits of the law, yeah. right? Yeah. But there are there are bright lines that you just don't cross. Yeah. And mm -hmm. what you're talking about is is one of those one of those bright lines. And and when we can. When we can see a line like that being crossed, mm -hmm. we've got to act on it and act on it immediately mm -hmm. and fiercely, fearlessly, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Richard, there's, there's a, what do you think of the stereotype? You know what they say? And I th personally, I think it's a good thing. They say about a Jewish lawyer. You get a Jewish lawyer, that's a great lawyer. What do you think of that stereotype? I think that's ridiculous. <laughs> you think it's ridiculous? I think that's, you know, that's, that's you, have you heard that? insane. Have in the you membrane. heard that before? Of course I've heard that before. <laughs> mm. It's completely absurd. Yeah. Mm. You know, uh, my former business partner, mm -hmm. um, business partners, um, you know, James Lockyer and yeah. Phil Campbell, these, yeah. are, these are not Jewish guys, and yeah. they were probably the best criminal lawyers I've ever met. Yeah. You know, but, uh, 
you know, I just don't, I just don't, I just don't buy that. From the, be- from the beginning of time, that's all I heard. Well, I think there are, there, you know, I, I don't know what the proportionality of, of Jewish lawyers to non-Jewish lawyers are, but I, I do think there's, there's probably a, 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 an, a, maybe an over-representation, you mm-hmm. might think, of, of Jewish lawyers mm-hmm. in, 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 uh, in the system. <laughs> yeah. but I, I I'm glad you find this amusing. Well, this, is like, to, this is like a fact in our community. But I guess you know? to some extent, mm-hmm. you know, it, it has to do with, you know, how, you know, how Jewish kids are, are raised. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what they're taught, yeah. and you know, you want to tell us as, about as it as a Jewish guy yeah. myself, yeah. right? Yeah. Not a religious Jewish guy, but yeah. uh, you know, I, I was, I was, you know, from a pretty young age yeah. taught, you know, that you you become a you become a doctor, yeah, or you become a lawyer, you become yeah. an accountant, yeah, maybe a teacher, um, because that 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 you know, having a profession mm-hmm. will will guarantee you mm-hmm. a. a a, a basic level of, of success mm-hmm. and insurance and, and well-being, right? Mm-hmm. And that we're, we're taught that at a mm-hmm. very young age, and it is kind of beaten, if you will, in, yeah. into our heads, right? Oh. And it's it's part of our it's part of the culture, yeah, right? Yeah. And so, um, I guess it's no mystery that yeah. how I became how I became a lawyer yeah. is, is to some extent, not entirely, mm-hmm. but to some extent, it's because of how. Mm-hmm. How I was raised, the community yeah. in which I was raised, and the mm-hmm. culture, right? Yeah. So, what what is that thing called when? Uh, not it's a it's a moment in a Jewish young male or female Jewish's life where they reach the age of puberty. Bar mitzvah. Bar mitzvah. Call it a bar mitzvah. Yeah. So, yeah. in a bar mitzvah, do they choose like like their profession, and then they get to meet people from the family that no, is in a, that profession just, and gets like, like apprenticeship? That's no, what I thought. No, man, it's like a coming of age. Okay. Right? Yeah. It's mm-hmm. a coming of age. It's the it's the transition from boyhood to manhood mm-hmm. or yeah. girlhood to womanhood, and from a cultural and religious perspective, yeah. and uh, you know it's it's not a it's not a time where you know we decide you know <laughs> what we're going to what we're going to do for the rest of our lives. Yeah, I'm actually, sorry for that. Like no, that's, that's, a, that's what I actually, thought. You know? It's actually a really big party, uh-huh. um, and it's a it's an opportunity for a family to celebrate, yeah. and uh, you, you know you, you, a lot of dancing and music yeah. and, and celebration, yeah. and and hopefully some good single malt scotch. Yeah, I thought right? I thought they'd meet like some elders, yeah. and that elder would be like, oh, he's really good at biology. He wants to become a doctor. Oh yeah, he can talk to him about the school he should go to, and you know, what it you is? know? it's a celebration of the child. It's a celebration <laughs> of the child. No, I thought like after the party, like you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought. I don't know. I've seen a lot of movies oh, yeah. and stuff. You know, uh, uh, yeah, I don't it's know. It's a great. I had a great mm-hmm. permit. It was, it was a it was a pile of laughs. Yeah, it's a good time for sure. Yeah. Lots of lots of good singing and dancing. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. Good food, you know. So, okay, so how important is it to know your rights? And do you think people should like memorize it like it's like a school curriculum? Because like we like me and Money told you like recently we got pulled over at York Region by police yeah. coming out of a studio for no apparent reason. Their excuse was that all oh, in studios uh, artists usually drink or get Dumbest high. Excuse. And oh we're just doing a sobriety test. You know, and how long was that sobriety test at the road? We didn't even come out the car. He would, they're just harassing us. They're yeah, how blinding. Long, how long for 30, time? 40 minutes? 30, 40 sobriety time. tests don't take 30 to 40 yeah. minutes, and they yeah. never even gave us the breathalyzer or anything. Yeah, so that was not a sobriety test, yeah, it was right? Just, it was just harassment. It was a detention, mm-hmm. it was a detention, mm-hmm. and it was probably what we call an arbitrary detention, like mm-hmm. Section 9 of the Charter. Mm-hmm. You're asking what the right... Section 9 of the Charter says that every person has the right to be free against arbitrary arrest mm-hmm. or detention, right? Mm-hmm. And that was, from the sounds of it, mm-hmm. a totally capricious, as we'd say, yeah. an arbitrary detention, right? Yeah. And so how important is it to know your rights? Mm-hmm. I think it's very important to know your rights, especially 
you're you know part of a marginalized you know, group yeah. you know you got to know your rights um, because if you don't know your rights you're more likely to be taken advantage of yeah. right doesn't mean that your rights are going to be respected but it means that you are aware yeah. and you, you you understand what's going on mm-hmm. better than someone who doesn't yeah and unfortunately I think I think people uh, don't know yeah. their rights oh. even guys that have been through the system yeah don't know their rights yeah. and uh you know did did you when I mean, you guys were and this is just a question mm-hmm. um so 35 40 minutes mm-hmm. at any point did, did the officer or officers tell you that you know that you had the you know the right to remain silent no okay did mm-hmm. they tell you that you could contact a lawyer of your choice no did they tell you did they give you an, a 1-800 number to get in touch with a free legal aid lawyer no no, no. i mean those were basic rights that you had, basic, inalienable, constitutional rights mm. that cannot and could not ever be taken away from you. Mm. But you were denied those rights, mm. right? Mm. So, did you know that you had those rights at the mm. time? Yeah, we, I, we told did them. You? I'm like, I'm like, I don't think this is. I don't think this is. I think you're going against our rights and blah yeah, we blah kept blah. Asking, is this a traffic he kept stop on saying it's recorded. This everything's being recorded. I, 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 then after that, he said I could actually pull you. I could actually give you a ticket for rolling at the red light. Twenty minutes later. Twenty minutes later, because what he was right. First of all, they're sharking. They're sharking us. So there's a studio that was a lot of artists were there. They were parked down the street, further down, and watching. So every person who jumped in the car and would decided to leave one by one, they'd like chase them down, harass them. And then let them go, and then the next person comes out, and it was like yeah. the clockwork. So yeah. I don't know if, what are you doing on this weekend because we could we could go there if you want mm-hmm. and shark them, sharking people, and probably come across a bag. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Well, Section 10A of the mm-hmm. Charter, 10 sub A, mm-hmm. says that you know every person on arrest or detention mm-hmm. has the right to know right, right upon the time of arrest and detention, mm-hmm. right away, the reason for your arrest or detention, the right to know mm-hmm. the reason. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't sound like you got that mm-hmm. in those circumstances. It also says mm-hmm. that every person on arrest or detention has the right to retain and instruct counsel without delay. Mm-hmm. Without delay. In 35, 40 minutes. And without being told the 1-800 number to call mm-hmm. a legal aid duty counsel, for yeah. example. I mean, that is a serious mm-hmm. violation of charter. Serious. Yeah. And if there, for example, if there was something illegal found, which of course there wasn't, mm-hmm. um, that evidence that, that, that was discovered would be, in all likelihood, excluded, yeah. right? Because it was obtained in the course of a violation or series of violations of your charter rights, right? So it's important for you to know your charter rights. It's important to know all of your, your rights and, and to exercise them and, and make sure that they're respected whenever, whenever possible. And, you know, but one of the things that's really irritating when I hear a story like that is, mm-hmm. you know, what are you guys going to do about it? Mm-hmm. Huh? What are you going to do about story it? Of our, a story of my life. It's like, uh, hey, and then I just walk away. See? Like, well, I'm pretty sure you, you have camera footage, right? Yeah, I have camera footage, and we've become immune to it. Like, this happens, that's the, th- for everyone driving around York region, that's the third time that has happened to me in the past six months. Pulled over for a sobriety test, or we're suspicious of drinking and driving. Third time in six months. You know, it, it, it's, it's, uh, you know, and it's why we, you know, 
we, we, we bring charter applications when they when they do find you know legal you know legal stuff in a vehicle for example in a house you know good lawyers mm -hmm. they fight that yeah. the admissibility of that evidence tooth and nail and expose bad police conduct if for no other reason that we're not going to really see the underbelly of of police misconduct yeah. we're not going to really see it yeah. unless we litigate it yeah. and we're not going to litigate it I don't think yeah. in what in regards to what happened to you guys the other day mm -hmm. because what are you going to do you what are you going to you going to sue the police now yeah. you're going to hire a what, lawyer no, what can we do well you know because we have the footage right now yeah, Yo, you well, trying to get you trying to make some money money you trying to make some money, no, money? Number one, you're not going to get a lot of damages mm. out of that, right? Because yeah. you were detained by the police for 30, 40 minutes. It's bad yeah. news, yeah. extremely bad news. Yeah. And it's it's ex when I say it's bad news, mm. you know, we're talking about probably what was deliberate charter infringing conduct by the police. About what were the damages that you suffered? You suffered anxiety. You mm. suffered a lot of stress. Mm. A lot PTSD. Of upset. Mm. Yeah, man, for sure. You know. So, but are, what are you going to do? Are you going to actually get damages now? Probably not. But you know, so what can you do? You know, you can make a complaint. Yeah. You can make a complaint. Yeah. You know, and um, you know, a good lawyer. You can call a lawyer, and they can help you make a complaint. You can look up how to do it. Unfortunately, it's it's the police investigating the police. Yeah. Um, but that said, I do believe that that making a, a legitimate complaint mm. against the police. If you are the victim of harassment, is absolutely appropriate, yeah. and I and I recommend it. Mm -hmm. I do. Mm -hmm. Don't be afraid to, to make a complaint. Yeah. I got a question. If all these stops, right? All the time they stop you. Mm -hmm. They're against their it's against their charter rights of freedom. Majority of the time, what is the purpose of them doing it? They know that's going to be brought up in court. What's their purpose? David, repeat that they question. They do it. Oh. Okay, so. The question is, if they know it's going to be brought up in court, you know, why do they do it? Well, because they count on, right? They no, they 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 count on judges, right? Basically, giving a rubber stamp to what happened, right? And you know, so often what we see, you know, you know here we go. So this was under the guise of a sobriety test, yeah. right? So if they had found, let's say, you know, a gun in the car, right? Mm -hmm. How would they, they would have reverse engineered a justification for the stop, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Right? Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, okay. And, and mm -hmm. they would go to court and they would tell the judge, well, you know, uh, Your Honor, I was, I was uh, you know, positioned at the, at the corner of, you know, such and such and such and such intersection, mm -hmm. and I observed the, you know, the suspect motor vehicle traveling at a high rate of speed and rolled through a, 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 a stop sign and I immediately activated my emergency lights and uh, approached the vehicle to do a sobriety check. Yeah. And, you know, and then, of course, the driver was behaving suspiciously, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, had, white, had white, white knuckles, for example. Mm -hmm. uh, he was clearly, he was visibly trembling. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, we'll hear yeah. stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, he was fidgeting, mm. and I saw, you know, uh, what I what, sus what I suspected was marijuana shake on yeah, the floor yeah, of the oh, vehicle. Yeah. That's a regular <laughs> one. Officer, did you seize this? Did you seize the suspected shake? Uh, no, I didn't do that. Well, why is that? Well, didn't need to. Uh, why didn't you need to? Because I know the court will believe that I saw shake on the floor. Yeah. The court will believe mm -hmm. that, you know, 
you know, that I saw the vehicle traveling at a high rate of speed. Yeah. And, and unfortunately, so often, the police are believed mm-hmm. when in fact they are misleading the court. And this is, you know, and I don't think members of the public realize mm-hmm. how, how prolific this mm-hmm. is, like how systemic it is yeah. that, that police go into court mm-hmm. and lie through their damn yeah. teeth. Yeah. And they do it, it, you know, we call it, you can call it noble cause corruption, right? Mm-hmm. Because you know, we're getting the bad guys. We're getting guns off the street. We're mm-hmm. getting fentanyl, cocaine off the street. We're doing God's work. Mm-hmm. So, and criminals are tricky, so we've got to be tricky. Mm-hmm. And that's the justification for it. Mm-hmm. Now, but is that, does that make it right? No. I think intellectually honest judges, mm-hmm. intellectually honest members of the community know mm-hmm. that that is despicable. Mm-hmm. And um, you know that, and 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 that's what gets me up in the morning a lot of the time, yeah. is you know keeping mm-hmm. keeping authority mm-hmm. in check. Yeah. Because if you've got if you've got the authorities running amok, and 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 walking all over the constitutional rights of people in the community, mm-hmm. we've got a very very dis- we've got a, a sick community, yeah. and we've got a sick justice system. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it's, it's actually very upsetting, frankly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, it's very, very upsetting. You mentioned them lying. Like, Richard, how does... Me and him were talking the other day about, like, a crown would be able to say something, like, on the record that may or may be true. So it may not be true, mm-hmm. but it might be irrelevant. And the judge, like, you bring it... Someone would bring it to the judge and be like, it's okay, it's irrelevant. But if, say, I was on stand, I was on the stand and giving my testimony and I said something, I, I either lied or I said something that I thought was true, my whole testimony wouldn't be credible, you know? Yeah, well, you're talking right now, mm-hmm. uh, Money, you're talking about mm-hmm. the double standard, Yeah. right? So judges will look at the testimony of the accused, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. uh, and treat it differently. Mm-hmm. than the testimony of police and crown witnesses. Yeah. It's a double standard, right? Yeah. Oh, judges can be very forgiving, mm-hmm. you know, of, of inconsistencies yeah. in the testimony of crown witnesses. You know, witness for the prosecution, you know, is, has given a statement mm-hmm. to the police or their police witnesses, and they've said something in their notes, mm-hmm. and, and this is what they said. Then they come to court, and they've said something that's quite different. Mm-hmm. And the crown will make excuses, you know, for this witness or this police officer, yeah. and a judge will be like, "Yeah, you know, this is a, you know, this was an inconsistency, yeah. but but it's it's reasonable in the circumstances. Yeah. In fact, they might even, in some cases, say, well, the uh, that inconsistency is almost a hallmark of truth, <laughs> right? And then, of course, the accused has 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 testified, and you and he's held to every single word, exactly, and the slightest inconsistency, mm-hmm. and you see the baby gets thrown out with the bathwater, mm-hmm. right? I reject the evidence yeah. of the accused. Everything over. And it's all over, right? So, but, you know, again, it, while that tragically does happen yeah. a lot of the time, yeah. it doesn't always happen, mm-hmm. and there are, God bless them, mm-hmm. intellectually honest judges that mm-hmm. are good people, Thank that really, they, they want to make the right calls, yeah. and they are prepared to be honest, even if it means calling out a police witness mm-hmm. and, and, and calling them out as being dishonest. Mm-hmm. 
it just doesn't happen as often as it should. Yeah. And judges being apologists mm-hmm. for, for lying crown witnesses and lying officers, it's a very unseemly thing, mm-hmm. and it is a very sad thing to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of times growing up where I might be going to give support to my a friend of mine that's going through trial or prelim, and we're waiting outside the courtroom, and you see cops passing each other notes and stuff to read, and then they're revising and getting their story correct. It's, yeah. They're not they're not speaking from a place of honesty, you know. That's very frustrating coming from our our community, you know. We all, we see a lot of injustice, you know. But um, the question I have right now is, um, why do people from a neighborhood, a bunch of friends who grew up together from childhood, who go to school together, who, who played basketball together, why are they labeled a gang? And why is it okay for the police to wiretap everybody and get just random conversation from a bunch of people and put it together and make it seem like it's organized crime? Well, I don't know about the premise of your question exactly. You know, to say that, mm-hmm. you know, that, that... Like, we know a lot I, of good people that went to jail because they're friends with somebody their entire life, but they were yeah. caught in a phone call, conversation with them. And I mean, the criminal you know? code has, a, you know, pretty specific rules about, you know, what constitutes a so-called mm-hmm. criminal organization, right? Mm-hmm. And obviously, you know, a group of friends that are playing basketball, you know, um, you know smoking a spliff or whatever, that doesn't clearly make them a, a, a criminal organization. But, you know, groups of individuals, you know, who um, are, are in pursuit of ongoing criminal activities, whether, you know, they, they're helping each other distribute cocaine or fentanyl, mm-hmm. or they're involved in, you know, moving guns in the community. I mean, that's mm-hmm. going to be a criminal organization, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's really going to depend on all the circumstances and you know where the police have have uh you know believe that there is a group of defined individuals that are working together to do some really bad stuff you know there are cases where they can properly wiretap them right Mm -hmm. Uh, to 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 help build that case right um but but certainly they they you know they cannot use discriminative discriminatory logic they can't, you know, use the mere fact, you know, that you're friends with a member, you know, who's a gang to mm-hmm. to, to, to tap your phones. You can't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, um, so that that's kind of the legal. Yeah, there, of course, of there might be. Of course, about. in a neighborhood, there might be like, like a small group of batches of people who are active in criminal activity right but like the majority in a neighborhood is not like some sure. of them work a regular nine to five but they might just be going to basketball together and just giving each other rides to go i certain know places but the, and but you the know rea- but the reality is and i think this is common sense right mm-hmm. you know if you know mm-hmm. that you know some of your buddies you know and they're you can be good guys but mm-hmm. they're also you know whether it's occasionally or more than occasionally are involved in you know moving certain commodities let's mm-hmm. say you know and, and and you say well you know I'm not involved in that and I just like hanging out with that individual the reality is better or for worse you are putting yourself at risk because there's a pretty good chance that individual could be under surveillance mm-hmm. whether it's like visual surveillance by undercovers or their phones are being recorded, or their their vehicles are being tracked with a tracker, or their phones are being tracked GPS mm-hmm. by the police. And so, when you when you choose voluntarily to associate with with that individual, even though you may love that person because mm-hmm. you know him from childhood, yeah. and you're not involved in crime with that individual, in fact, you may you know be really disgusted by crime, and you're telling this guy to give it up. 
if you're hanging out with that individual, you do that at your own peril. That's mm. just unfortunately the reality of it. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um. So there's a there's a couple articles I read like a few, like a few years ago where. I don't. I'm not trying to put on any like. I'm not trying to put on Toronto Police or Peel or sure. York Region, but they were caught using like brand new, state of the art technology. I think it was like facial uh, facial recognition. facial recognitions. One, another one was the one that like sense uh, like checks. I think it's a heat check, and they see if you have any metal objects on you. Mm-hmm. And another one was like I think it was I can't remember, but like how like can they can they present that in front of court or how can the public know if that is legal or not yeah yet? i no? haven't i haven't done a facial recognition case yet i've actually got a i've got a homicide case on the go where they i think that they 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 started to use that technology mm-hmm. so i haven't actually you know quite you know assessed the legalities of it mm-hmm. but uh you know basically you know it, it when the police use that type of technology i think it, it is incumbent on the crown mm-hmm. to establish that that technology is is highly reliable and mm-hmm. accurate mm-hmm. but one of the other issues to to think about and i think this is maybe the more to the question that you were you were driving at mm-hmm. is when the police use those types of technologies like are there rights that are being being violated exactly, here? Yeah. Are there rights being violated here? And really, the right I think we're talking about here is the is is Section Eight of the Charter. So Section mm-hmm. Eight of the Charter says that every person has the right to be free against uh, unreasonable search and seizure. To be free against unreasonable search and seizure. And so, you know, we think about unreasonable search and seizure being, mm-hmm. you know, when the police go and do a search warrant of your house. Mm-hmm. But it could also extend to, uh, you know, the police, for example, taking uh, your breath, a sample of your breath mm-hmm. you know, at, at, in the context of a drinking and driving stop. And it could also be, you know, police using facial recognition technology. And, you know, so what is, you know, what is the scope of our right to, to, to be free against, you know, when we go out in the community being, being surveilled like that, right? Yeah. And these are important questions. And you know, it's always in criminal law. It's always a balance between, you know, an individual's ability to move around freely in the community, yeah, you know, and have a, a fair degree of anonymity yeah. as a regular person in the community yeah. versus the the interest of crime enforcement in solving crime. So it's always the individual rights against the societal interest in solving crimes and you know the justice system tries to balance that out and so when it comes to new technologies mm-hmm. it's about finding the finding the right balance and the courts try to do that though of course it's often as we see it's often in favor of the police isn't yeah. it yeah right yeah. it's often in favor of the police 100 percent, richard right now like we have a lot of rappers in the city and for them it's a career and some of them unfortunately get arrested for different things. They're accused of different things. And we see a lot, like this day and age, we see a lot of them, their lyrics are being used against them. And we personally know some of these rappers don't live the life they, they speak about, you know? They do it for a show. Make sh- entertainment. Make more, yeah, entertainment, make it look mm-hmm. more flashy. This is an artistic outlet, Yeah, exactly. Right? This is a form of art. It's a form yeah. of poetry. Mm-hmm. It's a form of self-expression. Yeah, right? sometimes they could be speaking of stuff they see going on outside in their communities yeah. and stuff, right? Right. And then they get to, what's your question? They get to, they use, they get, it against, they use the lyrics against them to convict them sometimes. Sometimes they put, a, they put a ban on them from even making music while they're on the case. Is that, is that, is that fair? Like, is that? Like, well, I think putting a ban on someone 
I've, I've never heard of that. Putting yeah, a ban on someone from making music? Yeah, sometimes, yeah. The, well, that to me would be, you know, outrageous. Mm-hmm. I mean, that would be outrageous. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, well, is, well, while they're going through the. Uh, no, the I have never, I would be very, I mean, I, that would, that would be you know, pretty mm-hmm. shocking to mm-hmm. me, okay? Mm-hmm. But I mean, the reality, though, is that there are some cases where mm-hmm. guys that have committed crimes yeah. will actually tell the story yeah, yeah. I'm not of saying their it crime yeah, yeah. in their music yeah. and that is just obviously plain old stupid mm-hmm. right 100%, Facts. 100% right 100% you know and uh, you know and I've also by the way I mean I've seen cases where you know guys are wearing certain clothing yeah. in their music videos mm-hmm. and it seems like they're also wearing it caught on surveillance during mm-hmm. the commission of a, of a serious criminal offense. <laughs> so that, that's video that is properly used mm-hmm. against the individual, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But then again, I am really against mm-hmm. the idea mm-hmm. of the Crown being permitted yeah. to introduce you know, rap lyrics, yeah. you know, generally speaking, that you know, generally speak about, for example, general ideas about about gun violence, you know, general ideas about making money through you know, drug dealing or mm-hmm. some of the you know, the underbelly mm-hmm. stuff. You know, I'm against that being tendered in evidence against someone yeah. because because I think it is art, mm-hmm. and that is part of our you know freedom of expression. And knowing your rights mm-hmm. includes the right to freedom. Of expression, mm-hmm. I'm an artist myself. I'm a musician. Yeah. Oh, you know, nice. I don't, I don't do rap and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But you know, and I believe that, you know, part of part of being a human being is is mm-hmm. you know expressing yourself artistically, right? Absolutely. And you got to have, and, and if you can't do that in a, in our society, we got a majorly sick society. Yeah, I don't know and if you're up to date with you know the. Uh, there's a there's a rapper named Young Thug, in Atlanta. And I don't know. Okay, yeah. well, they they just got arrested for I think state RICO in the state of Georgia, right? And they brought down the entire music label, all their artists, everybody, and uh, are charged with a RICO. Basically, I think. Oh, what was it for again? Criminal organization, you know. Right. So now, I think that's why the, I think that's why the question is coming from. Yeah, yeah, a lot of a lot of the evidence is their lyrics against them. These yeah. are their lyrics. Most of the evidence is their lyrics. Yeah. Well, again. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and exactly and 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 a lot of artists, you mm-hmm. know, they they are telling stories. Yeah. And they mm-hmm. they're not it doesn't mean they're biographical. Mm-hmm. They may be telling a story of someone that they grew mm-hmm. up with mm-hmm. or someone that they know. Mm-hmm. Um you know, and 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 they might be making it sound like it's coming from them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but th- you know, that's art, yeah. right? Yeah. And and we we I think got to protect freedom mm-hmm. of expression absolutely mm-hmm. absolutely again it's a sick society mm-hmm. that does not allow its citizens yeah. you know to express themselves and and you're not you're not being allowed to express yourself yeah. when the courts are using your ex- artistic expressions against you unless it's truly biographical yeah. if it's truly biographical <laughs> yeah. then you know you got to draw the line yeah. right and then again you're just really stupid yeah. for, for incorporating you know biographical yeah. criminal biographical stuff yeah, absolutely in your in your art right? so that's just dumb so richard there's a famous question going on going around right now based on this case as well like someone posed this question so so the entire ysl that's the that's the record label got taken out for this rico charge right People are posing the question: Why hasn't the KKK ever been taken down for a RICO or a criminal 
organization chart just like that or even worse you know i mean i, I to be honest I, I actually i don't know that they haven't i mean i don't know mm. that that there haven't been prosecutions of members mm. of the kkk but it's never um, been heard of i've never heard of i it. don't know i haven't done the research yeah. it wouldn't surprise me if there if there had been it's mm. something worth worth looking into yeah. but if there hasn't been mm. i mean I think that we've got a good double standard going here, right? Yeah. A big double standard going. Look it up, right? Yeah. See, nobody could find it. Yeah, well, check it out. Yeah, it's 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 crazy, you know. Absolutely, but, absolutely. Um, you just got to be equality in the law, right? The, yeah. Mm-hmm. A, a system that does not, a legal system that that does not ensure equality is a broken system. Yeah. Absolutely. And 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 the system has to, you know, has to show itself. Mm-hmm. To be, to be treating people equally. Yeah, like they say it's, you're innocent until proven guilty. But you get charged and you're guilty. Like you're guilty the whole time. It's, back, it's actually back until you're either uh, the charges get dismissed or you get convicted mm-hmm. guilty. It certainly feels like that. Yeah. It certainly feels like that. And you know mm-hmm. the state has all these resources. Right? Mm-hmm. There's just no end. It seems yeah. Yeah. the number of police officers. That, that 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 can investigate mm-hmm. um, the crown has you know lots and lots of, of help mm-hmm. from the police mm-hmm. um, the, the crown and the, the police have so much money mm-hmm. at their at their disposal mm-hmm. to investigate and to prosecute mm-hmm. and all the resources of the state are marshaled against mm-hmm. this one person mm-hmm. and the accused you know he sits you know in that prisoner's dock mm-hmm. he's separated from everyone else and you know and you know, in that kind of environment, and mm-hmm. when all the state resources are being marshaled against that one person, that person is sitting there all by him, lo- his lonesome. Yeah. You know, it, 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 the subliminal message yeah. is this dude is guilty. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. the message. But, you know, that's, that's just not the law. Yeah. And, you know, it, and there, there are times where you know, judges will treat mm-hmm. someone like mm-hmm. they're guilty. Mm-hmm. And we see that all the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's, but that's my, my job is to fight against that. Absolutely. My, my job is to make I mean, sure, my, is to make sure that my client gets a fair trial. And you know what I, what I always say to my clients is that, you know, I can never guarantee a result. Yeah. But all I can guarantee mm-hmm. is I will work my butt off mm-hmm. to make sure that you get a fair shake. Mm-hmm. And I will fight to make sure my client gets a fair shake. Yeah. And that means making sure mm-hmm. that he or she gets their rights respected mm-hmm. in the courtroom. Yeah. And and it's sometimes it's a it's a nasty fight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure. Sometimes I, it where you know where where things can almost get personal. I don't yeah. It's awful when it happens. Mm-hmm. You know, judges can actually get irritated yeah. when you really stand up for the rights of your of your client in court. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And it, it, it's and it's hard to watch your client's rights get trampled mm. over. It can be, it's heart wrenching, mm. right? But you know you got to stand up as yeah. a defense lawyer, and 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 fight real hard for your client because you know your client can't do it by himself, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? And we, and we and we appreciate lawyers like you, Richard, because I told you this before. There's a lot of there's a lot of uh, people who get charged, and they're stuck with a dumb truck lawyer, like a, a legal <laughs> lawyer, not a good lawyer, and. They end up going down for something they might not have done because happens all the time. They don't have mm-hmm. proper representation. Yeah, and they can't it afford. It happens all the time. They can't it afford is. it, you know. And they end up going down and stuck with the criminal record the rest of their life. And they may have been innocent, and just because they had a lawyer, they couldn't have paid for it. Well, well, again, it's not. It's you know, there are a lot of really good lawyers yeah, that that mm-hmm. you know that that 
do not do work with Legal Aid Ontario. Yeah. Excellent lawyers. Mm -hmm. And there are also really excellent lawyers that do cases with Legal Aid Ontario. Mm -hmm. And it really, unfortunately, boils down to you know, the, the heart and mind of the lawyer. Yeah. Whether that lawyer's heart and mind and his mm -hmm. soul or her soul mm -hmm. is truly in the case, yeah. mm -hmm. you know? And, and, you know, winning a case is, is all about preparation, right? Mm -hmm. It's all about preparation. The worst thing that I could ever imagine for me is walking into court and not having reviewed every single word contained in the disclosure, to not know it like I know the back of my hand, mm -hmm. and to not have thought through every possible question you know that a judge may ask me or what some smart ass pardon my french mm -hmm. you know police officer could say you know in the situation i i always I, you, know, you really have to think through what are the range of answers mm -hmm. that i'm going to get and how do i leverage you know the best possible answer and the best possible outcome and that's through preparation mm -hmm. and you know there are great lawyers who do legal aid that work their butts off and they work night and day yeah. you know they just just work, work, mm -hmm. work, mm -hmm. and are so prepared. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and but that's really what it is. And then mm -hmm. you've got other lawyers who tragically mm -hmm. do not put in. Or take work. a lot more cases because it's legal aid so they can make a lot they of money. Might, you know you what know, I'm they, they might, and they're not, they're not looking at their client mm -hmm. as a human being. A paycheck. Who's got, who's got a real problem mm -hmm. that needs to be solved. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just a case, you know, it is just a, another day, another dollar mm. type of thing. Mm. And, and, and I do see, I do see lawyers like that. I'm not, not proud of that yeah. because it's not supposed to be that way, but it is that way. But I would, I'd like to think that, that most lawyers, yeah. you know, do their, do their best, yeah. you know, but uh, there, there is a substantial number of, of lawyers that unfortunately don't put in you know the the truly hard work mm -hmm. that's necessary mm -hmm. to to safeguard against a wrongful conviction. Because what's worse? Mm -hmm. What's worse than the notion mm -hmm. of someone being in jail mm -hmm. for a crime they didn't commit? There 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 couldn't. I don't know. I mean, there's worse things, I guess. But mm -hmm. to me, that is mm -hmm. like that is the absolute sickest, mm -hmm. most despicable thing that 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 enters my consciousness. Someone yeah. sitting in jail for a crime they didn't commit, and it. People don't really understand this. It it happens quite frequently. Yeah. Miscarriage of justices happen frequently, yeah. and that is mm -hmm. that's, that that that's and that's where good lawyers mm -hmm. come in because yeah. you know you need good lawyers to mm -hmm. expose miscarriages of justice and 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 frankly, there are often great lawyers mm -hmm. who are fighting cases for innocent clients mm -hmm. and they lose. And they lose because the prosecution will fight dirty. Yeah. You have a dishonest jurist. Yeah. You have dirty police. Mm -hmm. You know, it does happen. Mm -hmm. And it's hard mm -hmm. to believe, you know, for a lot of members of the community. Mm -hmm. You know, and I get asked questions like if I go to a dinner party, you know, how can you do that? You know, mm -hmm. how can you do a job, what, defend people who are presumptively or actually possibly innocent? Yeah. 
It's my pleasure. It's my great. It's my great privilege to do so. Yeah, the viewers they could tell like how passionate you are with with your career and how well you speak and how educated you are. You know, this is the type of lawyer you guys need in your corner. Yeah, you put your heart into this, Richard. When you gonna retire, man? No, 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 no. This guy's young, man. No, I'm saying this guy's young. He might take our girls from us, bro. What are you talking about? Ages, ages of. Yeah, no, but he's sharp up here. Into it, he put a lot into it. The thing is that though that. You know, doing what 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 I do and doing what my colleagues do, you know, it is a lot of it. It, it, it is um, like I it can is imagine. Really, it takes it a lot. Very, it is very stressful. Mm-hmm. And it ages you. Mm-hmm. It ages you. No, you know, you you don't look a day past thirty five. <laughs> the stress and like yeah. it, it yeah. ages you. Um, but it's a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. You know, to 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 secure an acquittal for a mm-hmm. client, mm-hmm. even if they did it. <laughs> in some cases because they because you're giving them mm-hmm. a second chance I mean yeah. most of my clients most of my clients are good people mm-hmm. they've just done something really stupid yeah and you know putting the crown to the strict proof of its case mm-hmm. making sure that my client gets a fair shake and mm-hmm. if he wins mm-hmm. and he gets a second chance mm-hmm. criminal record free I'm feeling okay about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm feeling pretty good about that. Mm-hmm. So, Richard, I got, I got. First of all, thank you for coming in again. That's well, a pleasure. Sure you guys this, this has been, this has been, this has been really good. You know, yeah, I got two questions for you. Right. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the questions is, um, how come a person does not get charged? For example, like, this, this, I don't, I don't want to use this one, but this is the only one I'm thinking of, like with the Tory Lanez yeah, case. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You know, if Tory Lanez. Tory Lanez is a Toronto is a Toronto artist, but he's he's, he's internationally right known. He's a big deal in the states, mm-hmm. yeah. and um, he he apparently the girl says she, he shot at her, but the evidence now is coming up because the child's coming up, and then they realize this girl lied and actually stepped on glass and was just being she, very she vindictive. Said he, he shot her in the foot. Yeah, mm-hmm. and being very vindictive and like right. evil. Right. And how, so after this, like he could clearly take her for like def, uh, defamation of character, probably sue her. But how come she can't get criminally? But explain it though. He was getting his name like oh, they, came, they, they, came, they came from a party. He ends up something. They get into a dispute and then shots go off or whatever. Police end up coming. She claims he shot her in the foot. Now he for the next for the past nine months or a year, however long, like, two more. He's more been, than he's been getting his name dragged through the mud. Right. Blackballed in the industry, and now evidence is coming out that he didn't shoot her. She did he not get shot in the foot. She didn't get shot in the foot. You know, it was glass on her foot. Yeah, and uh, she was lying the whole time, and it's probably going to get dismissed. My, so our, my question is, like, after he does, we all the general public knows it's going to get dismissed, and mm-hmm. he's going to actually beat this charge. He could go. You could go after her money, but my question is, how come? She cannot get, or that, but not. Well, it doesn't have to be a woman, but like another man, for example, as well. Get put through the same amount of time this guy was about to face. He was about to face 20 and he plus could not years. Spe- he could not speak he out on the case, spe- but she spoke out the whole time. She going, was going to Oprah saying, Winfrey yeah. and like crying, fake crying, crocodile tears. And legally, he wasn't allowed to speak on it. You know? Yeah. How come How come the per- a person cannot, like how come they don't even face jail time or consequences? Well, so you get we, what I'm saying? Right. Well, well in Canada, we have, we have an offense called public mischief, right? Mm-hmm. So where you cause uh, falsely the police to enter an investigation, mm-hmm. whether or not they charge another person, mm-hmm. yeah. that is actually an incredibly serious. What, what is it called event. again? 
Public Mis- public mischief. Public mischief. Okay. Yeah. And what, what's what's the time that it could come with? Like uh, oh, you sur- you can get big time. For, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. for sure. So you know, so, I mean, if someone. Uh, you know, gives a, a, a deliberately false statement to the mm-hmm. police, causes the police to enter into investigation, and then they actually arrest someone, charge that person, mm-hmm. and even bring them to trial. And then it turns out that the person completely fabricated their evidence and caused the police to enter onto a, a, a baloney investigation against this person. That's a serious offense. And so, what's that worth? Yeah, with well, like I jail mean, time, because this oh, guy right. was about to face 20 years, right? Mm-hmm. And this person just lied about everything, could made the court waste their time, their money, easily, their resources. Yeah, it could be easily penitentiary time. But you're also talking about perjury too, mm-hmm. right? So when a person goes to court. And they lie through their teeth. Like, oh, for, sorry, sorry to interrupt you. Yeah. Like, for right now, for example, uh, Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. Right, right. right. Uh, you know, she uh, she put she, she bits and pieces. Yeah, right. she made him she made him lose a lot of money. Mm-hmm. He didn't get roles because of this. She said he uh, sexually right. assaulted her, abused her, right. like did crazy stuff. But yeah. here comes receipts. Yeah. Johnny Depp comes with receipts, voice recordings, everything. Uh, her own um, her own people that worked for her. Uh, are speaking against her right. all he's going after right now is his money he's suing her for 50 million dollars but right. but but is some she, of the stuff she's saying maybe based in truth some of it uh, who knows right, right. but but right. Say, i don't know i have no but idea. like how come she cannot get criminally charged man this is like it's, well, again, it seems I mean, like that's you know? in america he's saying there's yeah, something uh, here oh, well, so, no, so, even so, in america yeah, okay. i mean i suspect they've got something mm-hmm. akin to mm-hmm. you know public mischief there but you know i i guess you know, a lot of, like when the police have charged someone mm-hmm. and they've gone down that path to go completely off that path and go in 180 degrees and then go after the witness. Mm-hmm. I mean, that takes a, a real like that, 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 that takes a real conviction. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and a real intellectual honesty. Right. Yeah. And, and they do it like they, they do charge people with public mischief. But it doesn't happen as often as it should. Yeah, exactly. It does not and, happen as often as it should. And I'm fir- I firmly believe that the person should not, like, okay, not get the exact same amount of time the person should get. Like, maybe see, say he was looking at 10 years. That person should at least get half the time that guy was supposed to get. You maybe know? the same. Well, or maybe the same, sure. you know? Because yeah. this guy's about to lose his livelihood, his family, yeah. everything. It wastes his time. Like, that's like... Like I'm not, I'm not at, like if a, if a person does something does happen, I'm, I'm for them person yeah. to get arrested and go to jail, whatever yeah. you know. Because if the person did something, you know, they there's get consequ- yeah, they they con- con- consequences. They get proven guilty. Yeah, yeah. But on right. the other side, there should be uh, consequences as well. You and know? you know, I, I think you know, I have seen prosecutions mm-hmm. on, you know for public mischief. I have seen them. I've seen prosecutions for perjury, mm-hmm. right? And they're serious prosecutions. And the guys that go down. You know, get some serious time. Get some serious. What's serious time, time to you? Oh, well, I, <laughs> you know, I, I, I just want to know. Just, I just want to know. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I did a preliminary inquiry in a homicide case, mm-hmm. where, um, you know, a key crown witness, mm-hmm. um, I got, I caught him in like literally perjury. Well, how yeah. good did that feel? I, I just couldn't believe it actually <laughs> had gone that far. That that the crown didn't know yeah. that this guy had actually testified in another case, right? Mm-hmm. I just, I had done the legal research, I found that he had testified in another case against another person who had been in jail, like my client, mm-hmm. right? A very similar type of situation. And, you know, he had been prosecuted for a similar offense in the mm-hmm. past. And no one had, and no one had known about this. And so, you know, cross-examination, like, so you've never, so you've never testified against another another person. You've never, you know, you've never given information to the police. Blah blah blah. Nope, never. Yeah. And 
And then I showed the Supreme Court of Canada decision, which showed that he had. Oh, my God. Right? And, uh. and remarkably, uh, the Crown was like, oh, gosh, you know, uh. I guess we should have known about that. Uh. Uh, they didn't. Um, and he ended up getting prosecuted mm. for perjury. And I don't know how much time he got, but I, I suspect he got a, a healthy penitentiary sentence. Mm. Okay. Yeah. So it does happen, like you know, mm -hmm. you know, people who get caught lying, like with their pants down, mm -hmm. trying to trying to dig someone a big fat grave, and mm -hmm. then they get caught. Yeah. You know, they're they're gonna get there's a good chance they'll get prosecuted. Okay. Yeah. So don't lose total faith. Yeah. Don't lose it's, total. It's kind of you know it's kind of hard, but yeah. uh, last question I yeah. think, or there might be I I have a question, and there's another one you want to ask about sure. uh, police in the community, right? With the people looking into about the career. Us? Yeah, okay. Yeah, you, so I'll just remind you that one, you know? Right. But my last question is, um, there was a young man that was with us like a, a few weeks back when we were recording, and he was telling us a story of, um, he used to go to this high school, and then there's this kid that, would, like, that attended school with him. That kid used to persuade other kids in school to go back to his house and go drink at a very mm -hmm. young age, at the age of like 14. And he, that kid would get everybody drunk and stuff. My friend's telling us a story, but he has nothing to do with this situation. Yeah. But it's, a, it's a route, something that went around the school, you know? So this guy would persuade a few kids to go get drunk with him at his, uh, with his dad and him at his house, and the dad would rape those young, young men, you know? Mm -hmm. And it was this, this was going on for, I think, a few years, he said, like, I think uh. two, three years, like, I think from grade nine to grade 11 or something, mm -hmm. you know? The, guy, the kids ended up building up courage and to speak out against this and yeah. file a police report. The guy got caught. He only got four and a half years, you know. And a person he was saying, and a person who has a gun, or, or like you know, a firearm mm. to protect himself. Maybe something happened, traumatic happened to him growing mm. up, and he has a firearm to protect himself. Mm. Will get five to six years. Well, yeah. Why does a person who raped, molested a child, pedophilia, pedophilia child get such light charges compared to? Drugs, assault, guns. You know, like well, I, that's the only ones that are like we know around the community. Maybe there's other charges that we, can, yeah. like, we should speak about. Well, but. the Supreme Court of Canada mm -hmm. pretty recently came out with a case called Freezen, mm -hmm. right? So what is and, it, Freezen? Yeah, and, and that case really talks about, you know, how incredibly serious mm -hmm. and, and destructive, mm -hmm. you know, um, sexual violence against children absolutely okay? and that, absolutely and that sexual violence against children requires what we call denunciatory sense that means some serious mm -hmm. time like serious time because you altered that person's mm -hmm. life for oh, the yeah, remainder yeah. of their life you yeah. know like you uh, took that young child and deteriorate like took their life to the uh, hard left and they could be haunted yeah and haunted PTSD, drugs mental health issues mm -hmm. you know like totally yeah and yeah, then totally. the man only gets four and a half and you know what's crazy it's been the pandemic now this guy should be coming out in the next few months <laughs> yeah like because every day parole. he was in there it was don't, yeah parole. early parole and parole after one every day was like two days or three days because of covid right so so there's so many reasons why um behind the scenes mm -hmm. that 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 guys will end up getting these these seemingly light sentences and you know, in the context of sexual uh, cases like that, where you you know we 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 want to see as as parents, for example, we want to see that offender, you know, get put away for a really long time, or just go to that person's family, <laughs> lock them in a room with their dad, you know, those kids' dads. But you know, the other side of the equation is that 
you know, you know, the prosecution of such an individual requires that that the witnesses have to testify. Mm. And they have to go in front of the court, in front of a jury, in front of members of the public, a court reporter, the court clerk, the judge, and all these people, and describe this unbelievably traumatic event. And so when a witness who's been traumatized the way you've described beautifully, by the way, that was very well said, you know, then they go to the police and you said they work up the courage Mm. and they do that. And they relive that trauma. Then imagine going to the courtroom and not only describing it in front of all these people, and then being cross-examined by a lawyer like like me, for example. Oh my goodness! Especially if that lawyer is properly prepared, and that is what I would call mega re-traumatization. Mm-hmm. Mega re-traumatization. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't w- wish that on your worst enemy. Absolutely. Let alone. And so the crown is mindful of that in these cases, and you know if a guy is willing to step up to the plate and admit that he, you know, committed these crimes. He's going to earn a lot of credit for that, mm-hmm. and he's going to be able to m- make a pretty decent deal with the crown, mm-hmm. right? And he's going to probably be saving 50%, maybe more, maybe 60 even 70% of the time he'd mm-hmm. otherwise get by virtue of pleading guilty, sparing mm-hmm. the victim from having to testify, mm-hmm. saving court time and all of that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So that can often be a huge factor. Crown attorneys don't want their victims to be re-traumatized, right? God bless the crown for that, right? Um, But, you know, the guys who, you know, they pay the so-called entertainment tax, Mm -hmm. they say, I'm not admitting to that, I didn't do any of that, and then they get convicted after a trial of of luring children to a house and raping children. Mm -hmm. I mean, they are going to get hammered. Mm -hmm. And that's the way it should be. Mm -hmm. That's the way it should be. I think, I think... No, I not not think. I believe child molestation, rape, all pedophilia, all these type of things are worse than murder. Because they're, murder, they're, like you could accidentally kill somebody, or you could be fearful of your own life and kill somebody. You know, there's there's like other underlining reasons. But when it comes to stuff like that, you ruin a person's life I, for the remainder of their life. And if they have kids, you're ruining that the next generation. You know what I'm saying? So it's a kind of an apples and oranges thing, mm-hmm. right? Like murder and manslaughter, the, the unlawful killing of another person, you can't overstate the seriousness mm-hmm. of that as a crime. Yeah. It just stands on its own as a horrible crime. Yeah. Mm-hmm. However, you know, the, the crime, sexual violence against children, you know, is a crime of a very different magnitude. Mm-hmm. A, a degree, and it's a very different nature, and it's and it's incredibly traumatic, and it, and the consequences that it, that it brings to the victims, it, 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 you can't even articulate mm-hmm, it, right? Exactly. But at the same time, there are actually cases of guys who get charged with sexual crimes against a child, and it is actually not true. It is a fabricated. Yeah, um, yeah. It actually mm-hmm. happens. Yeah. I've seen it happen. Mm-hmm. I've, I've heard a story of some girl who's a person's going through um, like a divorce or whatever and their child custody battle and the person said all oh, this, the, the, the father did something to the child just so like the father wouldn't, won't be able to see the kid ever again, you know? Yeah, and, and you know, some kids, mm-hmm. believe it or not, they can be motivated, mm-hmm. manipulated, to tell a lie, mm-hmm. and to carry on with that lie, and that lo- that lie kind of snowballs, mm-hmm. and it takes on a life of its own, and judges, and crowns can eat it up, mm-hmm. and believe it, 
And you know, just recently, a, a case that I'm that I'm doing right now, it's involving a case that that's that's very much like that. A case where someone, a child, had had said that that she had been sexually assaulted by by an adult in the worst of circumstances, and she was able to narrow down the very specific date and time of that wow. incident and where it occurred, mm-hmm. like with absolute precision. Yeah. There was no doubt. And the way it came out, it was like, if it happened, it happened in that location at that time. And he had another lawyer, and he got convicted of it. Mm. And after his conviction, I found out that he was about 180 kilometers away from the location that it occurred. Wow. And you have to read the judge's decision. Mm-hmm. This is another lawyer, not, not me at the trial. You have to read the decision of how this judge came to believe the testimony of this witness, this child witness. And this child's witness, child witness's testimony was mm-hmm. so full of contradictions. So the judge had to, in order to believe her, mm-hmm. she had to forgive all of these inconsistencies mm-hmm. and she made excuses for all of these mm-hmm. nonsensical inconsistencies. Meanwhile, the guy was 170, 180 kilometers away from the scene, probably like watching TV in his house. You know, he had, a wor- he had work the next day. He was a truck driver. He had, you know, work the next day. So you see these miscarriages of justice happen. It doesn't mean that, you know, that most of the guys that get charged with those sexual crimes mm-hmm. aren't guilty because they may well be. I don't know what the stats are on it. But these crimes do happen. And when they do, there is nothing more disgusting you know, the point being, sometimes they get charged when they're actually innocent. Yeah, that, that just made me just made me think of a quick question: How sure. come they don't lie? Det- how come they don't do lie detectors? So back in yeah. the '80s, back in the '80s, there was this case from the Supreme Court of Canada called the Queen and Belland and Phillips. That's the name of the case, and the Supreme Court was was evaluating the question of whether or not the results of a lie detector test are admissible. Mm-hmm. And and the court Supreme Court of Canada held that lie detector tests are are not admissible because like you know after all like mm-hmm. you know what, what do we need juries and judges for we just you know subject the witness to a lie detector test so I don't I don't really understand why they did well, like you're, I think you're assuming can you was it like can you control your heartbeat or can you control your breathing are they saying you know, there's like, studies that show that uh, you know that lie detector tests you know can expose lies yeah. and there are other studies which show that they they're quite unreliable. And mm-hmm. they generate false positives, mm-hmm. right? And the opposite, right? Mm-hmm. Well, does it have to do with the machine? Detect guilty people. Does it have to do with the, with, the, with the machine, or does it have to do with the with the person? You know, or is it both? I, I don't actually know the but science of it, and, okay. and, and you can mm-hmm. understand why I don't yeah. you know the yeah. science of it because <laughs> it's not admissible in court. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's you never looked into it. Yeah, it's not admissible in court. That's not to say you know sometimes because we heard it was ninety nine percent. Accurate. I, I couldn't speak to that. I mean, mm. police still in some cases do use lie detectors. Well, okay. They're not admissible in court, but they can use it you know, as part of their investigation. Oh, are you willing to do a lie detector test? Mm. Right? And of course, I would tell my client, no matter what, guilty or not guilty, you don't do a lie detector test because I don't want a false positive mm-hmm. you know, or, yeah. or I don't want any possible unreliable result leading to you being charged and possibly convicted of a crime you didn't commit. Mm. Yeah. Right? Okay. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. 
have any fun or questions? We're going to go into Waste Man of the Week. We oh. haven't done it in a while. We have a segment called Waste Man of the Re- Week, Richard. You know, you, yeah. you know what a Waste Man is, right? No. What's it's a, it's a, a Waste Man is like... slang in Toronto. It's not me, right? No, 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 no. You're, no, the, no. Goat. You're the goat of the week right now. <laughs> a Waste Man is like a person who's just like a stupid or lame... Someone who just Or a person like a waste of sperm. Someone who's, someone who's ill-informed. Yeah, like a waste yeah. of... You know, yeah. So, so we have a segment called Waste Man of the Week. Like if neighborhood does something stupid, I'm like, yo, stop being a waste man, you know? Yeah. <laughs> the Waste Man of the Week today goes to... Megnastallion? No, oh. an RCMP officer. RCMP constable, constable charged following human trafficking investigation north of Toronto. York Regional Police have charged a 44-year-old RCMP officer with human trafficking following an investigation into forced labor. Police said the investigation started in April after a victim came forward to police and filed the report. Officers said the victim, who previously lived in Mexico, arranged to come to Canada for an employment opportunity. When the victim arrived at the residence of his employer on Bayview Avenue in Georgina, Ontario, Ontario he, allegedly, he, he was allegedly made to work caring for animals under very poor conditions that were consistent with the agreement. Police said they have arrested the accused Israel Yassif Main Manter of the town of Georgia on May 3rd and charged him with he, with the trafficking in persons, forgery, animal cruelty, and possession of a prohibited device. What does that mean? Stop reading it. Oh, that's good. The RCMP issued a news release on Tuesday saying they are aware of the arrest of their constable and noted that Main Monter is a member of the RCMP, Toronto's North Transition Transnational Organized Crime Unit. The RCMP said they are cooperating with the York Regional Police as they continue their investigation. They stated that Main Monter has been suspended with pay <coughs> and that <laughs> an internal investigation is active and on- ongoing. We're going to leave it there. Well, yeah, so Richard, w- Richard, I have a question. When they charge... Uh, police members, someone of the police force. How sure are they that they committed that crime? Well, I mean, they're they're going to for be, them to do it. Charge the officer. yeah, they're going to be pretty confident, right? right? I mean, the test of when when the police can arrest someone, they have to have reasonable and probable grounds yeah. to believe that the crime's been committed. Yeah. And usually, you know, what that means is yeah. they got some re- really sort of decent evidence. Yeah. And when when they charge one of their own, yeah. You know, yeah. Mm-hmm. They're generally speaking, they're going to be pretty cautious. That's about what I'm that. saying. They must they're going to be pretty lo- cautious. Yeah, yeah. But do- you know, again, mm-hmm. you know, this is ju- these are just allegations, mm-hmm. and you know, it doesn't matter whether they're the police mm-hmm. or they're just some civilian guy on the street. Mm-hmm. They still get the right to due mm-hmm. process yeah. and to have a fair trial. Mm-hmm. And we cannot judge people mm-hmm. before their trial. Fair enough. Yeah. Guy may be a. Mm. special human being mm-hmm. right uh-huh. maybe very special you know on the other hand you know may have been at the wrong place wrong time you know we just don't really know yeah. so, but you I see how the way you think but like to the rest of the public because you're, you're you're a phenomenal lawyer and you think Amazing. you know what i'm saying you, you. you give people their benefit of the doubt but the public's perception if once you get charges like they put your face up on cp24 and yeah. you know and like everybody has a negative connotation towards you. everyone thinks negative about you you know but mm. it's yeah, a negative opinion, you know, but it's like that's that's the, that's the world we come yeah, from, we you know. And that's why that. we gotta like you gotta be really careful with with buying into news, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, you know, you gotta be you just gotta be careful with it. Mm-hmm. 
you know don't listen to the noise mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. be principled yeah. and, and use your use your common sense yeah. and 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 have have some healthy and reasonable skepticism about what you're hearing what you're hearing is good chance it's true yeah. but it, it may be presented in a way mm-hmm. that could be a bit misleading mm-hmm. right yeah. I sound like a bit like Donald Trump. Fake news, right? Uh, I'm not a big Trump fan. Can, you, can a person go after the media? For example, like CP24 put on my picture saying, "All oh, this guy's wanted for, uh, oh. yeah, a person of interest," and I didn't do nothing. Can I go after them for defamation, def- defamation of character? Like. Yeah, yeah. And we saw him on CP24. You, you know. Yeah. You know, like. Every case is going to be you know, pretty different, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Mm. So, you know, it's got to be like the, the police, if, if, if they're putting out a name and a face, mm-hmm. they've got to have a really good faith basis to do it. If they are just doing it based on discrimination or they're doing it on mm. a flimsy basis, then they could be in serious trouble. They could mm. be exposed to lawsuits, right? Okay. For sure. All right. So we're going to... We're gonna, Act like the the legal system today and the police is a double standard. Uh, officer, officer, main monster. You may not be uh, guilty of these charges, but you're still hugging a waste man of the week. Waste man of the week, just for being charged. <laughs> just being a pig. <laughs> today was a great well, episode, yeah. man, and, Richard. And, and you know, the, and there are good police out there. Well, of course there is. Of course there is. Of course there is. I want to yeah. be really clear mm-hmm. on that, right? Yeah, of There's course. A, you know. But unfortunately, those don't give me a ticket when I'm speeding. <laughs> we just say I'm gonna let you go with the warning this time. <laughs> those guys are they're legends. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. there's you know there's there's also a few there's also a few bad apples out there. Yeah. And some some apples that you know. They I hope they have get erectile dysfunction. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's right. At yeah. least. At least. Even worse. <laughs> 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 well, yeah. The Richard Richard, Richard Posner, man. right? You're laughing. Posner. Richard Posner. One more time, Richard Posner. Richard Posner, ladies and gentlemen. What's the law firm called, Richard, it's, again? It's Posner, Craig, and Stein. Yeah. We're going to have a link on the bottom of the yeah. video. Yeah. This guy's we appreciate a, you, man, for yeah. coming through today. Yo, yo, Money, what's your, lo- what's your location, man? You got, you right. guys? No, I'm free. I'm, <laughs> I'm with you guys on the podcast. Where's your low? <laughs> My low, bro. I'm outside celebrating, bro. We're celebrating. We're outside celebrating. Thank you so much, Richard yeah. Posner, for Thank coming you. and get spending. Bro, you answered every single question I've ever had we in could, life. We could have talked for hours. Right? <laughs> Richard, I could have went in. We could go in longer, but I know you're busy. You got yeah. a lot to do. Guys, yeah. it's a pleasure. I think what you do is... Absolutely fantastic mm-hmm. for the community. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much. I think much. that you raise, you know, a lot of, of important issues. You know, my daughter really likes to yeah. to to follow you guys. Shout out to you. Shout out to Olivia. Man. Olivia, to shout out to yeah. you, man. You have a great father. She yeah. you know, she loves it, and and uh, you know, honestly, I think you guys are great. And just keep on doing what you're doing, and and you're sending out some really important messages. It means the world coming from you. Just man. just keep on doing what you're doing. One last thing. Right? Yeah. Uh, can we get a discount code if uh, there's going to be a thousand of people calling you now? <laughs> you're going to give me a thousand of people. Just give us a little discount code. Yeah, Mission. Yeah, I'm just, VFS, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I just, 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 say, just, say, just say neighborhood. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen. Like, comment, subscribe. This is we great. outie. Take care. I don't hold back that stainless. My aim is to aim at your face. My goal is to stack up my bread like the cases. I roll up in front of the movies and just taste it.